Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast. Brought to you by RosterWatch.com. I'm Alex Dunlap here with Byron Lambert. A uh, quick reminder and a, and a thank you to you guys, really, uh, for getting us up to 500 reviews in Apple Podcasts. Once I get a chance to look at those, I will get back with uh, a few of you who left your Twitter handle and or Instagram handle, and we'll send you guys uh, some free annual Roster Watch Pro accounts to the guy who complained and bitched on there and gave us a one-star review and said that Byron needed to quit drinking water in the trade cast. I'll say that guy can eat a, eat a huge bag of dicks and fuck off if you're listening. We, 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 we hope that you're not. We hope you're turned off enough that you're not listening. But what a, what a useless piece of human excrement that piece of shit is. What do you think, Byron? Well, he was also on tilt about our request for more ratings and reviews. And just he's the one with the egg on his face because our ratings and reviews just surged over the last week as we hit the 500 mark, man. Like 98% five stars. Nothing to complain about here, brother. Yep, yep. Well, I, 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 I will complain about that asshole complaining about a free podcast because there's somebody drinking water on there. But you did say that you'll take it into consideration. So. Well, he's right. It's a popular podcast. I'll start editing that out, man. Man's got to drink some water. And in Florida, man, after 90 minutes of talking straight, it's pretty tough, dude. Yeah. Well, fuck that guy. Um, let's let's just move on here to the Waiver Wire podcast for week seven. Again, guys, please rate and review the podcasts. We really, really appreciate it. We know just because we got to 500, we don't want to stop it here. Once we get to 600, we'll give away more pro memberships at rosterwatch.com. Just make sure and leave your Twitter handle and your Instagram handle just so we know how to get a hold of you if yours is suggested. And if you want to leave us a one-star review, you can take a long walk into incoming traffic like that one piece of shit. Okay. At the very top here of the sheet, uh, Jamison Crowder came back last week. I don't know if you want to go position by position, but generally just kind of the guys that we're most interested in are the ones that we start out with. And I know you said Crowder was a guy last week that you were willing to give up to uh, 30% budget maybe thinking about. I talked to you kind of down from that saying that I think we could get him for cheaper. I was able to get him last week for between 12 and 13% of the bu- of my budget and the league that he was available to me. But it seems like this week you think you might need to pay up a little bit more now that Sam Darnold's back and that offense looks like it's clicking again. I think so. It depends on the format. I wanted to put it at a 25% max bid, but you start thinking, man, if you're in a PPR format, which a lot of the listeners are, which most of those leagues are pretty competitive too, Pretty hard to turn a blind eye to the nine targets on the 81% snap count. The two times he's played with Darnold this year, it's just been an absolute target machine for Jamison Crowder. He looks good, and Darnold looked good now that he was healthy. You know, We don't want to get over our skis on a one-game sample, but certainly feels like you need to be a little bit interested in that Jets offense right now. Looks like so. What would you say? Was it? I'm just pulling up the snap counts now because the snap count tool just – so, yeah, nine. It felt like more than nine, didn't it? <laughs> but that's still over the course of uh, the two full games. It's Twenty-six games. targets. Yeah, it's like is it twenty? Was it seventeen week one or six? Seventeen in week one and yeah, nine. We're last, talking thirteen nine, a game last week. Thirteen yeah. a game. So Jamison Crowder definitely want to go pick him up. Probably at just the very top of the list of everybody this week that we're most interested in. Hopefully you might have gotten him last week after we had this discussion. But just kind of wanted to hit on that before. Well, we and get- for some reference, Alex, there's only two guys that have are averaging double digit targets on the season: Cooper Cup and Michael Thomas. I have a question for you. Uh, you don't ever vote for your PFWA awards, do you? It's just you just don't have time. 
I've been bad about it these these last few years. I think you've been kind of bad about it too, from what you were telling me. Yeah, man, I I get real busy on the fantasy roster <laughs> watch nation, man. Uh, so my question is this: What ex- have they ever explained to us exactly what the MVP means? Seems like it's one of those ones that's slightly open to interpretation. I think so too, and it just you wonder when you see a team that was basically the worst offense that the league has seen and of course they were down to their third string quarterback in Luke Falk but if you look at any of the offensive statistics that came out from NFL research and some of these other entities it was like the worst offense that anybody's seen in like the last 23 years the the New York Jets during the time that Darnold was out they come back and they whoop Dallas you know with Sam Darnold in there it makes you wonder it's like I don't know how the NFL MVP is sort of tallied or what but if it's a guy where it's just measured by importance to their team I mean, how important is Sam Darnold to that team? They look, they honestly, they look like they've transformed from one thing into something completely different. Just, just like that. It's like that one guy makes every little piece in that offense better. Yeah. I mean, one of the young quarterbacks that have been beating the drum for the entire offseason, one of the guys we need to be excited about in this league, super happy to get to Ravens camp this summer. I was also happy to get to Jets camp. You know, not necessarily a parallel between Darnold and Jackson and the guys that I would had a lot of interest in for different reasons, not even for fantasy, just as it pertained to, you know, the, their development. We're scouts, man. I love seeing the development of these. We put a lot of time into scouting these guys. I've been out to USC Pro Day for Sam Darnold. So really cool, you know, for me to just see their development, how the offenses are being configured around them, how these guys are looking live, just the development from year one to year two. And, you know, a lot of interesting pieces in place up there in New York. So not, you know, not, not, uh, you know, maybe not the thrilling offense that the Ravens are, but certainly Sam Darnold and the Jets are, it's kind of one of the undercover exciting uh, stories of the season, I think. Speaking of players you scouted and gotten to go see live and watch, it looks like over here at the running back position, not a really big week this week, but a couple of a bunch of guys at the very top that we have had the opportunity to see in numerous live settings, uh, coming away with very different feelings about them. I'm talking about the Alexander Madison, who we loved, Mark Walton, who we hated and still think sucks, Jamal Williams, who we I think we kind of like Jamal Williams. Right, coming out. We like Jamal Williams. Uh, Latavius Murray, who coming out we actually really hated. Chase Edmonds, who coming out that we loved. So what, we, what we're seeing here is a, wait, a week on the waiver wire for running backs where there's not one of these guys where you've got to go out and you've got to scramble and use all your budgets to go pick them up. But I will tell you this. If there were an injury to occur this next week and knock on wood. We're not saying we want it to happen, but if there were an injury to Dalvin cook, if there were an injury to Aaron Jones or there an injury to David Johnson or to really any, any starter, man, like any starter in the league, the looks on the waiver wire are going to be different next week. And so that's why we always say at this point in the season, you start churning the bottom of your roster for these low impact spots on the very bottom of your, the, the very bottom of your roster that, you're only being held up by turds that you're never going to play anyway. And just start stashing these guys the week before they become the, you know, the instant hot commodities on waivers. And these, I mean, this is exactly the time to, to, to get that done. I think that the only player here at the top of the running back list 
that we could talk about maybe having some standalone value without an injury to his starter, I guess, is Mark Walton. But it's like he is so bad. The Miami offense is so bad. And then Alexander Madison has kind of had a tiny little bit of standalone value on his own. Just uh, Jamal Williams certainly has if you played him last night. Like, just How do you see this thing shaking out? Yeah, I mean, it's just a big group. I always say that these weeks that are kind of thin on the waiver wire are a good time to evaluate the handcuff situation for your, you know, the studs on your roster. This is the, you know, ripe and opportune times to do it. So, you know, I think you could kind of shuffle this deck a number of ways. I'm with you. I mean, you know me. There's been no bigger guy on the front lines for Alexander Madison for months on end now than me. I mean, you never have to convince me to be interested in Alexander Madison. He's got, he has shown a little bit of standalone value. It seems like maybe that's, increasing as the attrition of the season goes on and the team looks to maybe monitor Dalvin's workload a little bit. I mean, we saw Madison with the 14 touches and you're right. He just looks good. So, you know, he's a handcuff, but you know, from a perspective of upside, boy, if something were to go to sideways with Dalvin, that all of a sudden turns into, I mean, I hate to use the term league winner, but that's, it's an instant RB one, which is a league winning kind of proposition on a, on a, on that run game. It, potentially could be so I, I like Madison at the top of the heap if you're shuffling through uh, the backups this week one guy maybe we could add is Tony Pollard I didn't I didn't put him in here this week he was on the sheet last week he didn't really do much this last week but uh, he's another guy and then as far as Mark Walton yeah this is a player that you know he had an interesting career at Miami kind of flashed here and there just didn't really seem to have the juice for the NFL game I get really weary of these guys that you know, can look good in a one or two game scenario, but really don't have viability over the long run. And the NFL, they tend to run out of gas. I would expect Mark, Mark Walton to be one of those guys that, you know, but again, he's kind of, this is a bargain basement heap. So he's one of the guys you can have towards the top this week. You don't have to spend a lot on him. And as the reason is that Kalen Balazs sucks and has, uh, other than the one touchdown on the one touch, I mean, which was a total fluke. It looks like he's you know, not even a part of the offense anymore. So Mark Walton closing the gap on Kenyon Drake at 11 touches this last week, you know, a 40, 60, what is that? A three to two split between Kenyon Drake and Mark Walton. So, you know, you're not in Miami. It feels like they're just going to start giving guys a look. They're definitely tanking. Uh, So, you know, it's a speculative ad. We're not saying to spend too much, but Mark Walton could have some low end flex appeal in the short term future you know, across deeper and more competitive leagues. And then, you know, Jamal Williams, what do you do with them? That's just a merry-go-round and uh, the backfield in Green Bay. And we told you to sell as high as possible on Aaron Jones. Well, it's kind of like, what do you do with Mark Walton too? Um, you know, like, it's just, what do you do with them really? I mean, all these guys are, what do you do with them? I think, I think, well, the, answer, think, about flexing, I think the answer is you stash. have to need a flex. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how could you ever play Mark Walton? I mean, I, I know bye weeks are coming up, but I mean, well, he's only a 42% snap count guy, 11 touches. I guess the six targets last week is nice. I mean, and, guys were playing Hilleman last week, Alex. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so, man. I saw Hilleman in people's lineups last week. I'd rather have Mark Walton. And I'm not I'm just not a recommended play. It's a it's a ch- ch- cheaper. I'm not saying he should fine. We can, you know, let's let's manipulate a little bit there. He doesn't necessarily need to be at the top. The Mark and Walton breakout's probably not around the corner. I just think this is a week where you're going that deep. You're in a, either a really competitive. This might be a week where you're not really putting your save in your waiver position and just seeing who's available, you know, on Wednesday morning on a lot of these guys. And Jamal Williams, I don't know, man. It just it feels like the week you're going to start him is the week Aaron Jones is going to go off. I mean, 
think Jamal Williams is a, if he has any value as a throw in in a trade this week would be a prime candidate, you know, to to sell on if at all possible. Don't you feel like the highest? Let's just I mean just let's just talk about the handcuffs in the league. And you and I, this isn't this isn't anything we plan to talk about, but I'll, I'd be interested. Is Alexander Madison probably the highest efficiency yield handcuff in the league right now, or is that Chase Edmonds? Who is that? Would it be Tony Madison? Waller? Is a good one. Latavius is a good. I mean, Latavius, you were drafting Latavius around seven eight, but you thought he was such a high efficiency yield handcuff. Every day that Breeze gets closer to coming back, I think Latavius Murray's value goes up, especially with Camara a little bit balky. Uh, I mean, hey, so last week, I mean, his his usage last week, I, I haven't looked at the snaps yet, but I certainly did see him in there a shitload. What are these snaps on Latavius? 42% of snaps last week. So, um, yeah, so he's, a, he's, he's one of them. I think Alexander Madison, Chase Edmonds, Latavius Murray, what, Tony Pollard? Pollard, I, I actually also think if, if he's healthy, if Carson were to go down, that Rashad Penny would be a pretty good replacement value handcuff i mean they'll still give the pro size some and so again that depends on the health of penny but he's the guy that has the chance to serve i mean he can give you what chris carson gives you if he's healthy in that I, I just so i just very think, close to i just think of all those guys it was like malcolm brown was owned in so many leagues already last week whenever todd Gurley got downgraded to doubtful and then eventually out it's like you couldn't go out and pick him up off of waivers because he was simply owned so much i feel like alexander madison and Chase Edmonds, at the very least, certainly Latavius as well. These guys, these are guys who need to be owned in leagues, and you don't have to own the the, the starters in, in their offenses to own them. In fact, if you don't own one of the starters in the offense, and that starter gets hurt, all of a sudden it's now you've you've doubled up with you've doubled up with your starters instead of just ensuring one backfield. So I, I just I think that. With this week not being as sexy on waivers at the running back positions, we still have Alexander Madison only owned in 22% of leagues. We have Latavius only 40% of leagues. Chase Edmonds, 34 35% of leagues. Those are guys who should be owned. Those are guys who should be owned in all leagues, or, or at least in all 12-team leagues. And so I would recommend going and getting it done, especially in a week like this where there's not going to be much interest on the waiver wire and where you can get them for a low, a low percentage of your free agent acquisition budget. Yeah, and the more I look at this, I tend to agree that Mark Walton belongs more with the Edo Smiths of the world. Last note here, Benny Snell, who is very similar to an Alexander Madison, just a step slower, less explosive in his testing coming out of Kentucky, but very similar profile to guys like Dave Montgomery and Alexander Madison. I have to look back at my notes or one or two other guys that kind of fit that that mold this last year. Benny Snell looked damn good, pretty damn good in replace, you know, on the reps he took on uh what was that sunday night yeah. uh for james connor you know it's we don't just, have J- it's just the Jaylen day their buy coming up they have their buy yeah. coming up and it makes you wonder it after the buy is connor going to be okay and could jalen samuels be back that's they the only Salem, they said samuels might be out for more than a month i'm not arguing for over these guys but i mean he's if samuels is out another two three four weeks i don't know i mean that they don't totally seem sold on jalen samuels anyway just if i was a connor owner i'd certainly be watching benny snell right oh, now sure. and then of course daryl henderson looked awesome in replacement of todd Gurley. the only problem there is it sounds like Gurley's going to be back potentially this week and so that might be a short-lived deal but i mean really if i'm a Gurley owner or just even in a deep league i mean i picked up daryl henderson last week in both leagues i could only hold him in one league because we have a short bench in the other but i'm kind of happy to stash him just in case something happens to todd Gurley. 
Yeah, you're you're talking about both the leagues that we play in together, and uh, <laughs> I'll be the first to admit, man, those leagues it's 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 hard to find much it's hard, it's hard to find much uh, much goodness on the waivers in either of those. So very nice pickup of Daryl Henderson last week, especially when especially once we found out the Gurley would indeed be out pretty pretty sneaky did you like the way that he looked i thought he looked pretty good except for the he looked awesome man he looked really good there was the the main concern with henderson the fumble was bad the fumble was bad and the and the the offense and jared goff which was 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 bad but they should be in a great spot to bounce back this week i got the matchup tool up a little bit earlier i remember their matchup being real good who 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 are they playing there it's um no they're they're at atlanta so just a terrific matchup for everybody to bounce back next week. I mean, the big thing to watch with Henderson, you'll have to watch. Maybe we'll see his PFF grades or something is his pass protection. I mean, that was the one area that he was potentially pretty deficient in coming out. I was concerned about his three down capabilities. So that's if he's not if he's not taking care of the football and he's having trouble in pass protection, he won't get you know, he won't get the playing time. But that's something I might have to look into is how he how he graded out this last week. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just I'm, I'm fine about running backs. If you want to move on to wideouts, um, looks like you have Auden Tate up here. A couple of these guys that are up pretty high that I'm curious about, and then honestly curious about Antonio Brown. He's a guy who some people have continued to hold on to in leagues, as evidenced by the fact he's owning 34 percent of them. What's your thinking on having Antonio Brown here, just as a deep flyer in case he um, wins one of these appeals? And then uh, as far as Auden Tate and McCole Hardman. These guys are uh, – both of them seem to be in situations where they have starters kind of coming back, McCole Hardman especially with Tyreek Hill. But Auden Tate, now that uh, um, now that we're seeing that A.J. Green is returning, he returned to light practice last week. He's going to try and ramp it up this week. Um, his designation has moved from out to questionable on the NFL injury report today. I just wonder um, – what you know? Do you think that Auden Tate can keep this up once AJ Green comes back? Probably not. He's just been producing in the short term. It's a it's a thin week. You might if you need a guy. If you need a guy in the short term, he somebody that you can feel pretty comfortable with right right now. I'm I'm not really expecting he's a long term solution. He's kind of a kind of an interim flex play, and that's what a lot of people are looking for this week. All right. Uh, what about all right? So what about McCole Hardman? You know, he seemed to fare, but he still seemed to be involved, even within and maybe because Tyreek Hill didn't get his full complement of snaps, but it sure did look like he was more involved than Demarcus Robinson's of the world. And so, you know, you start to think they drafted me, Cole Hardman, they like him. He looks pretty good. He's still 48% on. I mean, a player that we should at least continue to be aware of in the short term. I mean, if you had to put somebody in, you know, this next week, you don't, you don't really hate putting in a Kansas City chief wide receiver. And if you're in a bind, especially when he's shown some pretty big upside. Yeah, uh, Kansas City this next week at Denver, so not the best matchup upcoming for them. But I think that McCole Hardman's a guy that they drafted with excellent draft capital and a guy that fits what they want to do on that offense, which is just beat you with speed. So uh, unless they're running out Darrell Williams, who's going to not beat you with speed, <laughs> right? But everybody else on the offense, really, really, really fast and really athletic. Uh, what about Antonio Brown? Just uh, curious here for your thoughts. And also wondering, uh, maybe a little bit lower than I would have imagined on Nikhil Harry, now that it looks like he's going to be coming back into the fold. 
Harry could probably go up, you know, just expecting a slow year for him. And, you know, maybe he's been able to improve in his time off here. I'm not sure how much, you know, just expecting a slow trajectory for him. They certainly could use a player of his ilk at this point. You know, they drafted him really high. So I could see bumping him, him up, just to say the guys in front of him are producing more right now. Nikhil Harry, more of a yeah. speculative play uh, available in 94% of leagues. I'd say that's the main difference. If, if you're looking for just like a upside stash, you could certainly bump him up the list. Do you think that with the Cowboys or with the um, so the Cowboys have been t- you know been awful too? But but I, I shouldn't get them mixed up with the Dolphins. With the Dolphins now going, are they going to stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick? And if so, how does that make you feel about Devontae Parker versus Preston Williams? Because it seemed like Fitzpatrick might have liked Devontae Parker a little bit better while clearly Josh Rosen favored Preston Williams. Or do you just think try the, not to worry I think too much the big the deal was that Preston <laughs> will – and you don't want – it's not one you want to be worrying too much about. A couple of things. Preston Williams was pretty much shattered by Josh uh, – shattered by Josh Norman uh, the entire game. He's still out-targeted. Devonte Parker six to four. I think Preston Williams is still a guy out of those two. You probably want to own, but it's unclear. I mean, Parker's been had the better better bottom line fantasy production, and you're right, there could be a connection with Fitzpatrick. What we've heard so far, at least what I'd heard as of last night or this morning when I was working on this, is that it looked like Josh Rosen was still in the driver's seat to continue quarterbacking this team moving forward. So, I. Obviously far from clear, but that seemed to be the word, the most recent word that I was able to, to track down. Fitzpatrick got him too close to winning, man. They got scared. They got scared. They had to go for two and then call the most dumbass play anybody's ever seen on that throw to Kenyon Drake just to keep Ryan Fitz from coming back and giving him some Fitz magic to win that game and lose the first pick versus those shitty Redskins. Um, uh, any of these other wideouts you kind of wanted to touch on specifically before we move on to tight ends? Zay Jones is obviously a guy to kind of watch out for. Dante Pettis hasn't really been put able to totally put it together, but he's rearing yeah, his head the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he's been – like that's what I was going to say is Dante Pettis might need to be up – as much as I hate to say it, that team's looking good, and Dante Pettis is now leading all these guys in snaps. You know, 72% he had snapped, out-targeted everybody in week six. Uh, 72% of snaps, the nearest, uh, the nearest wide out to him was – it was Debo Samuel and Marquise Goodwin at 60 and 62% of snaps, respectively. None of those guys as many targets, though, as Dante Pettis. And then um, if you look at week five, it was the same. Dante Pettis got the most snaps out of all the wideouts. So for this, for the last two weeks, he's really kind of been, like you said, he's been kind of rearing his head. I think we might need to bump him up maybe a little bit over some of these others if we're looking at it just in a kind of I, – I, I know we talk about the sheet in, in tears, but people always like – you know, people always like it to be in some semblance of a list, and I guess I can understand that. So I think maybe Dante Pettis. I think I like him better than Zay Jones. Um, That's fair. I mean, Pettis is a guy that I like, man. You know, it's just what he hate, he can't keep dropping these easy touchdowns. Garoppolo is going to quit going to him. But yeah. I mean, that, I, Pettis is an upside guy that was for a long time being drafted. in round seven, eight of best ball drafts in the offseason. I'll tell you, the guy that looks the best out of every one of these dudes is Darius Slayton. I just worry about what's going to happen to his target share with Sterling Shepard and Ingram and these coming back, Barkley and these guys coming out back. I mean, Slayton's got a pretty good game log considering what's been going on in New York. 
And then he's definitely been getting the action while some of these other guys have been a little bit hurt. He, he truly looks like the best player. And in some ways, I thought, man, he got, he actually looks a little bit like an Odell Beckham or Stephon Diggs type of little, he's player, a little man. Bit, he's kind of a little bit lankier and taller than Odell, though. It's like he's, he, looks, he kind of looks a little like an A.J. Green. I like him, man. Darius Slayton looks like a real player. He was, My a, only he was a real trash man favorite in, in, in trash man scouting matrix. Trash if I knew these other guys were going to be hurt for longer, I'd have Darius Slayton up towards the very top of this this no, bargain basement. I, yeah, I just I just bumped him up a little bit. Let's let's go on to tight ends. Chris Herndon keeps completely swindling us, uh, but you have him here at the top. I mean, I guess I understand why that offense just looks better with Darnold and Herndon. He, uh, you know, set to come back last week, and then a, a, a midweek addition to the injury report, I believe, with a hamstring. So I guess just continue to wait and see with that guy. Hopefully, we get him sooner than later. I like this conclusion of Dawson Knox when you look at Buffalo's upcoming schedule. It is just brilliant. They get Miami twice over the course of the next five weeks. I believe they get Cleveland. They get uh, who all do they get, man? I think they get the Jets. Just uh, amazing, amazing schedule that these guys have upcoming. And Dawson Knox is really coming on as a target favored by Josh Allen. What do you got on some of these other guys? Mike Gesicki, maybe a sneaky amount of targets last week. Obviously, we need to see that offense stabilize, but they're always playing from behind. He's a little maybe sneakier than I expected. Darren Fells has been going off, even though you could argue that Jordan Aikens is also involved in Houston. It's Fells that at least the bottom line production has like makes you have to consider him. Ricky Seals-Jones has been a little bit streaky in Cleveland, but he's shown some real upside over there, whether he can hold that together or not, we're not sure. I know Ben Watson re-signed by the Patriots was a guy we were having to look at late in drafts, you know, preseason. And, of course, again, a few weeks ago when he was coming back from suspension before he was cut. Uh, Foster Moreau has looked good. It's hard to get real excited about a tight end, too, with the Oakland Raiders. But he's looked pretty good and been producing. There's a lot of chat and Raiders Twitter this morning that Foster Moreau would be like a top ten tight end as a standalone you know, player. So that was, I believe a senior bowler, Foster Moreau. I mean, really known for his blocking. So if he's rearing his head as the pass catcher, that's a good news. And you wouldn't be surprised if Oakland has to go to a lot of two tight end sets. That would be a John Gruden special, you know, down the stretch. So these are obviously very deep, deep plays, stashes. A lot of these guys, maybe even just dynasty names, but you know, that's, that's the way I think both with the way Brissett's looking, both Colts, tight end stay and play in an emergency situation dallas goddard finally stringing a couple of noticeable games together alex you know just the will disley owner is going to force a lot of folks hand this week or, i think it is, injury yeah at the uh, at the at the quarterback position josh allen we just mentioned it earlier the upcoming schedule is great you might be able to pick him up and stream him for the next five weeks uh, this is what we've been waiting for why we've been holding on to him there, I mean, the other reason why, you know, you, you don't have to worry about the quarterback position and why when these people send us these trades saying, like, I'm screwed at quarterback, all I have is, you know, Phillip Rivers and, you know, block, uh, you know, who's some other middling sort of quarterback, Dak Prescott, and I never know, you know, which one to start. I always pick the wrong one. So should I take this trade where I'm getting – 
you know, Deshaun Watson and, and Jordan Howard for Christian McCaffrey. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're just kind of like, trust me, I know exactly. You're what just, you like, you're just like, what the fuck are you? To, I mean, you know, you're being swindled. You wonder, how does that even make any sense? You're being swindled. How do you look here? at your team and decide that that makes sense? Yeah. So this is why. I mean, look at the waiver wire here. It's like you can go download the cheat sheet and see, but there are like. Of all these quarterbacks that are under, some of these guys are under thirty percent owned. They are like perfectly fine options, you know, this week and moving forward. So I think Josh Allen is certainly at the very top of the heap, though. Can't believe Sam Donald's only owning sixteen percent of leagues, man. Got a got a bright future potentially. Got to navigate this matchup with New England this week. Uh, what do you think about the defenses? Whenever I whenever I was kind of looking around earlier today, thinking about who I might be able to pick up in my leagues where I'm. Definitely streaming. One of the teams I thought of was the Colts. They're at home, and we do know that that offensive line of the Houston Texans is uh, shaky at best. And we also know that you know Deshaun Watson's not necessarily opposed to giving up sacks. And so, uh, a lot of points could be scored in this one. It's got a forty-seven and a half over/under, but um, you know the Colts. That's a good defense. It's a really good scheme there with Eberflus. They're kind of hot. They're coming off a bye. They're going to be prepared. So only own eleven percent of leagues. Looks like here on the cheat sheet, I like them. I also kind of noticed. Um, it's kind of weird, but I, you know, it's, it's really hard for Kirk Cousins to stay hot for too long. And we have a pretty low over under in this game at Detroit with Minnesota going to Detroit. It's a good matchup for opposing runners, so certainly like it for Dalvin Cook. But I'm you know not as good a matchup for the opposing quarterbacks and opposing wide receivers slash tight ends. So. I think that the Lions are hardly owned anywhere. Looks like only what three percent owned here, Byron. They were the other one, and then the other one that that uh, the other one that stuck out to me, of course, was was Green Bay, whose defense is getting better and better, and they're at home versus Oakland. Um, I see you've listed some of these other teams on here, though. So why don't you let me know what what, what you're thinking? Well, the Vegas game total on the Titans game looks pretty good for the Titans defense this week. I believe it's the chargers coming to town who just got just completely pillaged by the defensive front of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I just, I, you know, you worry about the Titans offense, but it didn't matter for the Steelers offense. So I, he just looks like, man, it looks like the chargers are in shambles in terms of that offensive line. And you got to think Tennessee's going to bring it potentially create, some turnovers. I think there's some big play allure for the Titans defense this week. And then giants in an interesting spot at home against Arizona, Alex. And then I think he hit it on the head, the lions, not only the lions impressing me in real life, you know, in, in, in the real NFL football games. But man, if you look at their game log it's starting to shape up as a fantasy defense that you start to think maybe I can roster these guys rest of season and just keep rolling them out. I mean, it's, they've been playing everybody that really tough this year, man. 